Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to Believe in Softball. I'm your host, Jenna Becerra, and I still can't believe we're most of the way through the year already, but we're rolling right along. So let's go through today's order. First, we'll cover our bases. I'll highlight some sports news and current happenings in the softball world. Then we'll head into today's interview with Hannah Flippin. She's been a stud so far in Athletes Unlimited and really every level of softball she's played. So I'm excited to share our conversation and we'll wrap things up with a double play tip of the week. So let's dive in. Covering our bases. The wait is finally over. Football is back. And you might not be at the game this year, but you can still get in on the action with Bet Online. You know, I'm a SoCal kid, so I got to stay loyal to the Rams. But I'm also a longtime Broncos fan. Shout out to Stanford legend John Elway for winning the Super Bowl when I was eight. And I have friends on the Steelers. So my loyalty is a little scattered, but it also runs deep. So you know where my money's going. But what about you? From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager on than any place online. Remember, there's always the online casino as well because it never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Always lots to see from BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And thinking global here, so the IOC vice president said the Olympics are on with or without COVID-19. So John Coates himself was quoted saying, these will be the games that conquered COVID, the light at the end of the tunnel. And I know some athletes that qualified for Tokyo that are thrilled to hear this. You've heard them here on this show. Even today's guest is one of them. So I know they'll be ready. But at the same time, there wasn't any additional information or caveats shared about a vaccine or visitors and spectators, for example. There is a task force looking into all the measures needed to be taken to make it happen. The bottom line is really that some countries have the virus under control, some do not. If this year has taught us anything, it's that a lot can happen in a week, let alone another 10 months before the games are scheduled to start. So if the Olympics can be held safely, then that's fantastic. We'll get to see our favorite players compete, but it's something we'll need to see play out. So in the meantime, let's just all be smart and do our part. But speaking of Japan, the Japan Softball League started this past weekend. There are 12 teams competing, and they had previously canceled in the first half of 2020, but the championship is now scheduled for November 7th and 8th. And Japan has really figured something out with pro softball. There have been a few guests on the show, like Kehlani Ricketts, that have played there that have talked about this, you know, just from the corporate sponsorships to the strong fan support. It's a really great player experience. Plus, it's one of the most competitive leagues in the world. And Natasha Watley is over there now to coach. Pitchers Dallas Escobedo and Jordan Taylor that you would recognize are also competing. And they all have to quarantine for 14 days after international travel like that. Like the real deal quarantine where you can't really leave at all. And Natasha said that watching AU has been keeping her sane. And it helps when several players, like Hannah Flippin actually, are playing to benefit the Natasha Watley Foundation. You love to see it. And with that said, week two of AU has now come and gone. There were so many highlights. 
I mean, it's essentially an all-star league, so of course. But I want to hit on three big ones. One is that Haley McClenney had a diving catch in right center field that made the number three slot on the Sports Center top 10. Obviously, mainstream coverage like that is huge. And there's also been a lot of peer support on social media. You know, Sasha Palacios posted something on Instagram essentially saying, raise your hand if you've ever been personally victimized by Haley McClenney. Although I will say Haley seems way nicer than Regina George. So there's that. Another highlight was Megan Wiggins being mic'd up during the game from the outfield. Really cool to hear the inside scoop on what players think about Athletes Unlimited talking with the broadcasters, but also what their approach is while they're playing the game of softball. Super insightful. And you get to know the players as people, their personalities. It's fun. You get the fans invested. It's also innovative. I mean, leveraging technology and creative content production is going to push this forward as a product and a business as well. I gotta say the hitters are also on fire. Erica Piancastelli hit two home runs in one game. Janie Reed hit an inside the park home run. DJ Sanders, Narisa Myers, Morgan Howe, all go yard. The list just continues. You can also kind of look at this as the pitchers are struggling. And I think this is coming from the fact that they're not changing speeds as much as they should. You need a changeup, especially at this level. And when they miss at times, the pitch is often elevated or over the plate. And these are top hitters. They're not going to let you get away with those mistakes. But Kat Osterman and Alicia Ocasio have been really successful. And it really comes down to they're keeping the ball down. They're changing speed. They have command of the corners, not just controlling their pitches, but command and they're getting ahead in the count. And it takes a lot for all of those things to click at the same time, but there's a reason that Cat is still carving everyone up. That drop into righties is just dirty. So no surprise that the captains and top performers points-wise that came out of that weekend were Cat Osterman herself, Alicia Ocasio, as well as Janie Reed and DJ Sanders. And I love seeing two new captains. The points are cumulative. So we might end up seeing Kat and Ocasio for the rest of the season, honestly, at this rate. But I hope that they mix it up a lot in the remaining slots because it's more entertaining and honestly more learning opportunities for the players themselves. And after we finished recording today's interview, actually, which was right before the draft this week, Hannah Flippin asked me who I'd draft for my top three picks. And I obviously you have to go with Kat. She's the GOAT, right? And I think by default, you sort of go with Gwen Svekis because I didn't realize this and neither did the rest of the AU players really until this league started the camaraderie that Kat and Gwen were going to have. She keeps picking her first in every draft, but they actually didn't play together until AU. So something has just really clicked. So I think if you know that you pick Gwen, but if not, honestly, I'd probably go with somebody like Erica Biancaselli, who Hannah actually pointed out to me went off this past weekend after coming on this show last week. So just saying, no big deal. But the first two slots really have to be the battery. You have to get that in place. Then I think it's a really solid position player that's hitting well. The two-way players bring so much value always, but especially in this setup. So even though she was humble and told me not to, I'd still probably go with Hannah herself. So now let's actually hear her in her own words and listen into the interview. We were having way too much fun and just kept chatting. So this is actually part one mostly talking about Athletes Unlimited and opportunities on and off the field, but we also discuss puns, especially with a name like Flippin, 
and somehow we work one of our favorite TV shows into the conversation. Let's check it out. She's a pro softball player with Athletes Unlimited, a This Is Us and Chicago Bandits infielder, member of Team USA heading to the Tokyo Olympics, and All-American with Utah softball, Hannah Flippin. Thank you for joining today. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Man, you're already two weeks in to Athletes Unlimited. How how you feeling? Like, how's the body? You know, it's been months since you played. You a little sore? It has been months. Um, I think yesterday before the game, I was like, oh, today's the day, like, where my body was feeling it. But I think more so than anything, it's been more mentally taxing than any other games that I've ever played. And um, we've had a lot of conversations as a group talking about, like, why is that? Like, we're still playing softball. Like, the game hasn't changed. But um, I think it's the aspect of uh, we're the captains. And so we make all the moves. We make all the decisions. And even though I haven't been a captain yet, um, I would like to think that I've had um, input in, all, in a lot of the decisions that I've made. And I've been a person to like bounce back and forth with the captain. So this week was, my captain was Vic. Um, and we just talked about different game strategies and different moves. And it was always a conversation that was being had during the games. And so it was like, okay, one, you have to perform at like your highest level. And then two, you have to make all the right decisions every inning of every game that a coach would normally do. So really combining the two roles has put um, a big mental strain more so than the body, I think. Um, but it's been fun and it's been exciting to have this new perspective on the game. Well, I feel like even just playing itself, so much of it is mental. And even if you don't get those reps in, just as a player for a long time, that's hard enough, let alone yeah. all the added stuff that we have now with AU. Yeah, definitely. We went from like zero competition to like, all right, here we go, full on individual stats, individual points, but still working as a team to figure out all that. It's definitely like zero to 100. Oh, for sure. But I will say like as somebody who's watching as a fan and covering it, I love it. I know it's very yeah. taxing on you guys, but it's definitely been awesome to see. Awesome. That's, we've gotten like such good feedback. It's been amazing. Like people are like, this is so cool. And even on the inside, obviously it's the best, but to hear that from um, fans that have watched the game for a long time or new fans or baseball fans, like just really investing in this league. It's been so cool. You make a good point about other sports sort of too, mm -hmm. like that kind of, because that's where it's like having allies in multiple ways in life yes. is important, but among sports, male to female, all of that stuff is so important. So yeah, baseball. I mean, I would love to see more baseball players rocking athletes mm -hmm. unlimited jerseys or something like that, the way that the NBA players have yep. the WNBA yep. player jerseys. Yeah. I think the NBA and WNBA set such a good expectation of what it should look like. And I think we'll get there. I think this Athletes Unlimited is going to be something big and um, I think it'll get people talking and uh, we'll get some MLB representation one of these days, but uh, allies for sure. Like I have learned that putting on a WNBA game, like while I'm hanging out at my house, like it's so huge, like just trying to be familiar with some more names and like the soccer league and um, I'm excited for the next AU leagues, volleyball and whatever they have next. I'm so excited to just continue to watch female sports and female athletes perform on their big stage like we are. So allies for sure. I hope that everybody knows that and does that and watches, watches, watches. So that's the biggest thing we can do. You got to watch them to see more of them on TV. Mm -hmm. That's how it works. Absolutely. <laughs> 
But that comes from leadership, though, amongst you guys, as well as these other sports. Like, that's how I feel like allyship really happens. Mm-hmm. How do, you mentioned this a little bit already, but how does how do leaders really like emerge on the teams? Obviously, there's the captains mm-hmm. then there's the facilitator. Right. But then there's also yeah. just people like you who, are, who have been big contributors. How mm-hmm. does that usually kind of happen? Um, I think it is a little bit of a lot of things. Um, I think it's pre-existing relationships. Like me and Vic have spent a couple weeks together and really gotten to know each other. And we like are on the same competitive, like my, like wavelength. And so we really gelled in that aspect. And I think because of my experience and her experience, like she can trust me. Whereas, um, maybe Jordan Roberts, who's just coming out of college is learning this whole professional realm. And so she's just going to soak up all the knowledge that she sees. And hopefully later, maybe in this season or next year, like she'll be able to be one of those contributors. But um, I have a lot of confidence in my softball knowledge um, because of who I've learned from. And so I think that that helps too, is continuing to be that sponge and just soak it all up and have conversations off the field, have conversations with the facilitators, with people from different teams and it really just emerges by somebody speaking up. Like, if you have something to say, like, don't be afraid to say it. Um, whether somebody agrees or not, that's someone else's opinion. But if you have something on your mind and you think it's important, you should share it. Um, I don't think anybody's going to say, like, that's wrong. You're stupid for thinking that. Like, everybody's opinion is valid because obviously 60 of the most elite athletes are here. And so you're doing something right. You know something about the game. So, I think just having the courage to speak up when you're feeling um, a certain way is how leaders emerge. And the more you speak up, the more you kind of like, okay, I can do this. Like people agree with me, or um, I said something that somebody else liked. So I think it's kind of a trial and error kind of thing, but um, also being confident in yourself and what you bring to the table. Well, you guys are having the luxury and the privilege really of kind of defining what this league is because Mm -hmm. this is the first year so the trial and error it's like kind of great that you get to be part of that experiment absolutely I'm like it's I didn't think that this was going to be what it was and I'm so grateful that I have the opportunity to be here for the first of everything like the first games the first practices the first draft like and then all the stuff outside of softball like the group chemistry and camaraderie across the 56 players is like unmatched like we were all hanging out last night socially distanced of course in the dome after the games and it's just like you see these different pockets of groups and then people start to move to the next pocket and like it's not like here's this group over here here's this group over here it's like hey we're all here we're all friends we want to get to know each other and it's just like a total mingle process and so that's been really cool to be a part of too. That's awesome because it's so easy to just like fall into clicks, especially like you said, if there are pre-existing relationships, it's so easy Mm -hmm. to just stay with what you're familiar with. But I guess like for all of you, you're kind of getting out of your comfort zone with this league in general. Mm -hmm. So maybe that kind of helps you just put yourself out there more. Definitely. I think because it's new for everybody, nobody is like safe or settled in what they're doing. And so you have to play, like, I haven't, I've played with Narisa Myers before, thank goodness, she's so great, and I like playing next to her, but it had been a couple of years since we'd been next to each other on the field, and so just that itself, like, you have to get a feel for somebody new all the time, like, Nicole DeWitt never played with her before, and now, like, she's one of my favorite third basemen. I love being next to her, like, we have good energy together, and it's those things that I don't think anybody would have known until they got here, and 
wouldn't know unless they were willing to kind of get out of their comfort zone a little bit and get out of their own little pocket. So um, it's been really great across the board um, in that aspect. Chemistry is so important. And we always, in our sport, we always talk about it in terms of the battery, obviously with pitchers mm -hmm. and catchers. But like you just said, like shortstop, third base, like whoever you're playing next to for any position, that's important, like to, to kind of know each other and, and have that sort of connection on, I don't know, it's some things can go unsaid almost in mm -hmm. a good way. It's definitely been, uh, I think last week it was more apparent than this week. This week, people have gelled a little bit more, communicated a little bit more. I think we always talk in softball, like communicate, communicate, communicate. And it's just like, eh, it's kind of put on the back burner because college you spend four years with the same infield and it's like the unspoken thing. Like you just get a feel for what they're going to do because you've been next to them. And now playing with somebody new like Nicole DeWitt, I don't know what she's thinking, but now that we've had a couple games to communicate, I feel like I know her and we don't even have to talk anymore, but it's like the initial wall you got to break through to like, okay, now we're on the same page, but it doesn't happen automatically. And you have to like initiate that conversation and get on the same page. And I'm totally 100% confident that that's the same thing with the battery, like pitcher and catcher have to be on the same page all the time. And so I think it's that initial like awkward, um, the catcher wants a spot here and the pitcher's like, did I hit my spot? And the catcher has to be up front and say like, no, you didn't actually. So it's developing that relationship like super quick. So it's been tough, but um, I'm grateful for all the connections that I've made on and off the field. Definitely. I, that's the thing too. It's like uh, teammates also push each other. Like you're almost like sometimes that honest mirror for that person to look into and vice versa, like for yourself, they are that for you. But with not knowing people as well, are you, are you guys sometimes a little bit more hesitant or it just takes a little time for you guys to get to that point to be able to give that feedback? I think definitely hesitant because at the end of the day, like I really don't know you still. Like I would love to say that I know you as you after game one, but I don't. But I still think it goes back to like being willing to say something like I trust my knowledge in the game. And so I've think that I have good things to say maybe that's me being a little overconfident but like it's coming from a good place in my heart that I want to make you better and so I'm going to say this because ultimately I want the team to win and if I don't tell you this we might not win it might hurt us in the long run um I was talking to Morgan Howe this last week when we were playing uh the goal team Cat Osterman's team and we were talking about our bats and talking about timing and I was like, hey, like I moved up in the box. I think maybe you should move up in the box. And she's like, all right, I'll try it. Like, and so it's like a two-way street. I have to be willing to say something and the other person has to be willing to like take it for what it's worth, whether they want to use it or not. Like just be open to what other people have to say because there's so many great minds here that um, I don't think anybody's going to sabotage or like steer you wrong intentionally. Um, and so it's been great to like be a part of people's processes too. Like, learn a little bit about Morgan Howe, who's like, dude, I got this. Like, I just need to keep, I have time. I have time. I got to let the ball travel. I got to do that. And so to hear her speak all of that and then put it into play and put it into action and hit a home run off cat was really cool to be a part of. Like never played with her, but I was in her back pocket, like, and so pumped for her when she was able to be successful. That's the thing about communication though. We mostly think about it as talking, but it's mm -hmm. listening too, right? It's like both sides Absolutely. of it <laughs> that have to play in. Yeah. Absolutely. It's important. 
I think that's great though. The thing that that I've appreciated is because, you know, going into this, obviously you're like, well, we'll see how things play out. You know, we have a, an idea with all the new rules and the points and all that stuff, but you have to kind of see what it's like to actually play. And, you know, it's so individual based. However, I've loved to see like the winning each inning, the winning of the games being a big impact for your individual points, because then that's still that incentive for you guys to still play as a team. So that's been a really cool balance in my opinion. It's literally like so crazy because we, I think everybody came into this league and was like, oh, I got to get a hit. I got to stretch my singles and doubles. I got to steal bases and not get caught stealing, whatever, whatever, so that I can climb the leaderboard. But at the end of the day, like I could have zero points in my stat points, but because my team wins, I could be top 15. And it's just so huge that it doesn't matter. Like your team has to win in order for you to be successful and be in the top of the leaderboard or whatever. Um, and the winning the inning, I think has put a whole new perspective on the game for us because it's like, it doesn't matter if you lost the first inning and you're losing the game five to zero. Like if you score one run this inning, like that puts you a little bit ahead on the leaderboard. And if you chip away, like if we get one run, one run, one run, one, we win an inning, win an inning, and then we end up winning the game. Um, and it's like what everybody preaches, like win the inning, win the inning, like in a seven inning game. I don't know why it's different here. I don't know if the point totals are like messing with us, but I definitely have a new perspective on the game. It's like, seriously, if somebody goes up on you five to zero in the first inning, it really doesn't matter. Like, because there's so much game left and like, it's all about like getting one run, maybe getting two runs the next inning or whatever it is. Um, so I'm curious to hear other people's perspective on like how their processes changed on the game and like winning the inning and what they might take from this experience to other leagues or other uh, international ball or whatever it is. Those are foundational parts of the game, mm -hmm. but now you have something tangible that you're getting out of it. I mean, ideally it's like, well, yes, if I win every inning, I get the tangible thing at the end, which is to win. But now you're getting something kind of more, a little bit more instant gratification, like each inning, yes. which is just probably, I don't know, it's like naturally more motivating. You would like yes. to think we're motivated, self-motivated, but it does help. It's, it's like, I keep telling my parents this. I'm like, I'm so exhausted after games because it, and I'm so defeated also when we lose because it's like seven mini games in one game. And so each inning is a game and it's like, okay, we won that game. And then we lost the next three. So now I've lost three times in one game and then we end up winning the game. So it's like, am I happy? Am I sad? Am I annoyed? Like there's just so many emotions that have been around this style of play and I think that adds to like the mental wear and tear. It's like you you get so high when you win and then it's like, dang it, we lost that inning. We got to come back and win the next one. And gosh, we lost another one. So it's like trying to find a, find a way to like balance it all in your head and not let the innings like really weigh on you. But it does like, it's like, dang, we lost another one. Dang, we lost another one. Like, so it's like, you lose a game, you lose a game, you lose a game. Like I just lost seven games in one game. Um, but it's been exciting, but the emotional up and down is a bit crazy. I bet. But at least you can say too, even if you lose the game, like if you won some innings, I guess you can win and lose every day, which that's kind of a new feeling. 100%. The other day, we, I think we won four innings, but we ended up losing the game. So we won the majority of the innings, but we ultimately lost the game. And I, there's been teams that have only won one inning and they end up winning the game. Like, it's so crazy. Like, and that's why you can't, 
like weigh anything super heavy because it's like you just don't know like it doesn't matter if you win the first three innings you could lose the last four and still win the game potentially um it's just it's hard to wrap my mind around it sometimes well how do you like being mic'd up does that get to break it up for you at all um a little bit so I've seen two different kinds of mic'd up one where they talk to you which I think is super cool I saw Wiggins did it and then they did it again yesterday and I think it's been really cool to just have those conversations and see what Wiggins is thinking in center field or where's Nadia and Sam Fisher at? Like, what are they thinking? And then there's like the mic'd up that I did where I just get to talk the whole time and whatever they want to pick out of the game, they can. And I think it makes me more aware of what I'm saying, but also more aware that like, wow, I talk the game of softball a lot and I say a lot of things a lot of the times. Um, and so I think it gives a cool inside look to, okay, what, what are they actually saying down there? Like, what are they actually talking about? Are they talking about what they had for breakfast? Are they talking about how fast Haley McClenney is? Like, um, so I think it gives an intricate look at the game of softball and the more um, complex details of the game by having us mic'd up. So I think that's really cool. And um, also like a way to get people more engaged and learn about us a little bit. I like to have fun on the field and goof off a little bit. And so I might have some comments in there that, aren't related to the game and kind of make people smile a little bit. So I like, like to think that the mic'd up gives us um, an inside look to the personalities that are on the field too. So I think it's really cool and I'm happy that we're doing it. Yeah. I feel like, like you said, everything is such, it's so strategy based. So you are kind of thinking and like burning that like mental energy all the time so that maybe just getting to be mic'd up, you get to just relax a little bit. Although you may feel like some pressure to entertain like oh shoot what do I say I have a microphone like I've also wondered that yeah there's definitely a little bit of pressure because it's like you want to be funny you want to be like you want to say good things like you don't want to say any bad things like um so there is a little bit of pressure but at the end of the day like all anybody wants is for us to be ourselves and I think that's what we're giving um there just might be a little extra boost in that once we get that mic on us but I think it's been fun and it has been like a release because then you watch later and you're like, I don't even remember saying that or like, geez, they picked that out, like out of all the things I said. Um, so it ha it's been a good time for sure. <laughs> That's really funny. You know, it's it reminds me of so The Rock always says that when he actually like is his character with WWE, it's really just himself, but turned up to 11. Mm. And I kind of that's kind of what I'm getting from you in yes. terms of like what it's like to be mic'd up. Yes. Just say a little bit more, um, maybe be a little more funny, because I like to think I'm kind of funny. <laughs> um, and just also, like, I think it adds to, like, the connections with everybody. Like, you're trying to have more conversations, like, to give good stuff. And so it's like, I talk to people that I might not talk to as much, like, just to have somebody to feed off of, because I'm not, it's hard for me to just, like, stand there and talk to myself. Um, but I've been, like, when I was mic'd up, I would bounce off more people um just have more content really so yes turned up to 11. <laughs> that's a good point yeah you're kind of just automatically more engaging i also feel mm -hmm. like i saw when kat i think was doing when she was mic'd up she was she mentioned something about how she realized her self-talk and so she kind of mm -hmm. automatically was a little more positive to herself because she kind of had the mic on and she ended up throwing better because of that so i feel mm -hmm. like i don't know it seems like it's a positive all the way around not a distraction it seems like an additive thing Yep, definitely not a distraction. Uh, I mean, it hasn't been so far. Maybe there's people that would say otherwise, but um, 
I like to think that it's an additive for sure. Obviously, this is a lot that you guys have going on from day to day, but then you're also like in the shield and have some downtime too. It's like this weird, I feel like it's like feast or famine for you guys, but yes. when you have the downtime, <clears throat> what do you typically do? Typically in the downtime, I try and sit on the couch or we have this cute little park across the street and I brought my hammock and so I'll sit in my hammock and read a book, um, just try and really like relax and turn my brain off a little bit. Um, but also AU has provided some really cool opportunities for us with the Wolfpack Endeavor with Abby Wambach. Um, we did a whole big day of it before we started games and now there's been little sessions here and there about how to build our resume as athletes, financial um, advice and investing and stuff like that. And there's another one coming up. Like, so it's like personal development stuff that AU has put on for us via Zoom. So it's like, hey, here's this if you want to get on, but no pressure, but here's something you can do to help build yourself up. We're also scheduled to like do a movie night tomorrow at the Dome or yeah, tomorrow at the Dome. Um, and so they've, AU has done a really good job of knowing that w where we're at, like, and we're in a shield and also still providing those social experiences for us and growing experiences. It's been really great. And also like just finding ways to connect outside of the softball field with these teammates. We can't go in each other's rooms or apartments or anything like that, but we have a cute little grass area outside. So you just peek out the window and if you see somebody out there, you go out there and like hang out and just kind of have that social interaction and get to know each other a little bit better. But um, it's definitely feast or famine because it's like now I'm sitting here by myself all day, but it's definitely a day that I would like to have for myself anyways, coming off the weekend um, and then get back into it uh, the rest of the week. So it does seem like Athletes Unlimited has done a good job from the outside of kind of providing things to you guys, like for the whole self, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Like not just you guys on the field, but you as people too. And that's really refreshing to be honest. Yeah, it's been through, it's been really great. Our PC player executive community, and then we have a racial equity group. Um, and both of them have done a really good job at saying like, here's what we need. We need more of this. So we need less of this. And they've taken the feedback of all 56 athletes and said like, let's do this, let's do this. Um, something cool that the racial equity group has done is we call it Friday night lights. And so we go over anybody who wants to goes over to the stadium on Friday nights and we all sit on the grass in the outfield and engage in conversation about tough topics. Um, we did mental training, just talking about like how to better yourself mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, like, and just talking about it, having a conversation. I think it's really important, especially like as we get older into our late 20s and early 30s, like learn more about yourself and what you need as a human so that you can be your full self. So that was one of the Friday Night Lights thing. And this last week we talked about the LGBTQ community and it was just really great to have an open dialogue, open conversation about these things. So our advisory boards and our PC and equity group has done a great job of like providing those opportunities to help us grow as humans outside of the softball realm. It's so great that you have so many options. Like you can fill whichever bucket you need to fill at the time mm -hmm. for yourself, whether it's having those intellectual conversations, social conversations, like bigger societal issues that you guys are talking about, or even just like having some downtime to recharge. Mm -hmm. You can do whatever it is that you need. Yeah. Thankfully, like uh, we also have, just like you said, the opportunity to go do this or stay at home. Like 
and they've provided a living arrangement to where I have one roommate. And so it's like, it's not overwhelming. It's not like we're in a big house with 10 other girls, like the hotel, they have their own rooms. And um, so it really has been a blessing to just like have a space to go to and feel like home. It's weird being in one spot for so long, but when you get to get comfortable in it and it becomes like a routine and it feels like home. And so it's like not traveling on the road so much, not airplanes, hotel, all those things. Like you can just get comfortable and really settle in your space. And that's been a big blessing as well. Yeah. And I'm surprised you haven't said yet that you've been watching Friends. Cause I think I saw that's your favorite show. Is that right? I do love Friends and I haven't watched it in a long time because they took it off Netflix. I know it's other places, but um, I have now transitioned from like watching Friends every night before I go to bed to watching New Girl. It's just like one of those shows that I just flip on and like will play in the background. Um, and so, yeah, I have to fall asleep to something on, whether it's like music or Netflix or TV, whatever it is. Like I always have to have like noise or something to watch as I fall asleep. I can't just like lay there and come on, Hannah, I'm tired. Go to sleep. It doesn't work <laughs> for me. But so Friends to New Girls. Um, but I don't know if you've heard Thule, her walkout song for her pitching is the Friends theme song. And so it's so great. Like she comes out and theme song plays and then everybody claps at the right spot. It's so great. And it just like makes everybody do a little dance. It's been fun. So I love I'm that. That's her walk-up song. Yes, I did notice that. And I love that. And I was wondering, I was like, I, does Hannah wish that she had that walk-up song or is she, are you bit. just grooming? <laughs> it just puts everybody in a good mood, but I'm pretty happy with my walkout song. So wait, yeah. Remind me, which one is yours again? I, well, there's, we all have three different ones, but, um, so my first one is Hooked on a Feeling. Solid. I can't even pronounce the artist, but every time I get up to bat, I sing it, and the last time I, we played against Gwen, I was like, you can't tell me that I don't have the best walkouts on Gwen, and she's like, you do, you 100% do. Um, so I have that one, and then I have The Weekend by Lewis the Child, and um, the a assistant GM for the Chicago Bandits texted me after the game. She's like, dude, what's your walk-up song? It was so fire. It was so great. I'm like, oh, fire, huh? Like, that's cool. And then my third one is called The Man by The Killers. I saw The Killers in concert for the first time ever, not even being a huge fan of them. And I fell in love with them. I'm like, this is like my new favorite band. So I had to give them a little shout out. Concerts always take it next level. Like that's always, like sometimes you think, oh, like whatever, I'll just go with my friends. But then you, yeah, you fall in love with things. Like that's, it's such a game changer mm -hmm. to see and people And you live. listen to their music for like the next three months and you're, and then you go to a new concert and then you're like, <laughs> that's how I do my playlists and my music choice. Just, all right, what concert's next? That's smart. I'm like you though. I always, it's like always TV, always music, like always mm -hmm. something. I don't like it to be totally silent. silent it's yeah. a little weird. Mm-hmm. And it, honestly, like the last couple of nights I've put music on while I was falling asleep and I, ha I was closed my eyes about to be asleep. And I was like, I don't even recognize this song. And it, I think it was like partially dreaming, but partially like still in reality. And I don't know, I probably don't even actually listen to the music that I play while I fall asleep, but it's something about it. It just puts me right to sleep. It just helps. It just helps. Especially if it's a show like Friends or, some, or New Girl, which by the way, it's solid mm -hmm. replacement. That's great. Yes. Um, but it just, if you're familiar with it, it's just kind of comforting. Yes, absolutely. In this whole like work from home era that we've had like all year because of the pandemic, I literally mm -hmm. put Friends on TBS because it's on all day long. All I just put long. it on all day. That's all like day. what I do. Yeah. I'm right there with you. 
<laughs> Love that. Well, okay. With that being said, you're familiar with so many of your teammates, competitors, whatever you want to call them, fellow athletes in AU, like from the Bandits, USA, This Is Us, like everything, even further back than that, I think. But mm-hmm. you know a good amount of this group. If you had to assign AU players to the Friends characters, oh gosh, who would it be? Okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Well, uh, Phoebe Buffet would be Sam Fisher, 100%. (laughs) Weird, quirky, funny, hands down. So that's who I'd go for with that one. Let's see. Um, I'm going to say Gwen Speckus for Joey Triviani (laughs) because it's just like, she's really smooth. It's still funny and sarcastic. I think Joey might be a little more ditzy than um Gwen but definitely like just really smooth really funny really chill so you're like walking up to that and she's like how you doing like yeah exactly <laughs> like how you doing Hannah That's um awesome. let's see who else who else um let's see okay I'm gonna go for Ross next Ross would be I want to put Thule in this and I kind of want to put her as Phoebe but I also kind of want to put her as Ross because Ross is like super quirky in his own way and Thule is like the most quirky person ever like she loves dogs she lo- she was telling us that she made like a cockroach farm the other day for her animals and I'm just like so I'm putting Ross and Thule in the same category I feel like Ross would appreciate that so yeah that makes sense I think so like cockroaches dinosaurs like bones that all mixes in the same yeah. realm yeah let's see who else okay Monica Su- oh Haley Wagner for sure Monica Haley Wagner super clean super organized like taking care of everybody baking all the time hands down that's it um okay let's go for who do i have chandler and rachel left i think yep okay um i'm gonna go dang this is tough okay rachel i'm gonna say is I'm going to go with Victoria Hayward for Rachel. She's um, just like a go-getter. And I feel like that's a little bit Rachel, like knows what she wants, goes, gets it, knows what she wants, goes, gets it. Or like does something different that maybe isn't lined up with how other people are supposed to do it, but that's where she goes to. It's like, and I think that Rachel, uh, that Rachel and Vic like have um, good taste and stuff. Like Rachel worked at Bloomingdale's. Vic likes Peloton and Lululemon and all that's of the, true that's true so it's just like kind of that realm um so I think that's a good fit all right and Chandler um I I'm picking myself for Chandler because <laughs> I love Chandler I he's my favorite character on the show because he's just like the sneaky funny but also like really cool and nice maybe I'm giving myself too many compliments right here but um <laughs> I just think like he's the even killed guy that is just like just the perfect character. He just molds it all, molds it all together. And like, I think that that's what I am. I mold them all together. I love that. I love when he's like, uh, I'm not good with the advice. Can I interest you in a sarcastic comment? Is exactly. That, your- that is me. Like dry humor, sarcastic. That's me. Well, <laughs> that's, that's perfect. Is. So yeah. I like that. That was kind of fun. I'm probably going to think of like so many more later. I'm going to be like, dang it, I should have said so-and-so for so-and-so, but. Well, I'm sure there's like more than one person for each of the characters. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 
Like you could probably have, you could probably have like four groups, you know, like each team would probably have their these own friends. These are the Rachels, cast. these are the Monicas. <laughs> exactly. I exactly. think maybe that's how I should draft my team. I'm going to draft all the Chandlers to my team. All the you people, should. All the <laughs> Wait, I love that. Yeah, your team, I, you guys are all naming your teams anyways. Like yeah. the, you guys were the Bubbles or whatever, right? This uh-huh. last week, you should just be the Chandlers. The next Chandlers. Week. All right. I'm Perfect. Catch, catch me in like week five on um, team captain, team Chandler. I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh man, that's great. But I mean, you're also pretty familiar with the facility, like Chicago itself mm-hmm. as a bandit. So you have all your friends with you now, like even more. But my thing about it that I'm really curious about is the altar field. Like, especially mm. as an infielder for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've noticed like some people are sliding a little bit rough into second base, like trying yeah. to get used to it. Like the hops are a little interesting. Like what, what is that like? Well, I love it on defense because you get perfect hops. There's no divots. There's no rocks. There's nothing like it's like perfect hops. So if you make an air on a ground ball, like it's probably not going to happen that often because everything, there's no weird hops. Um, and so I love it for that aspect. And honestly, they changed the turf. We got all new turf for AU. And so there used to be like the little rubber pellets. And now it's these little, like, I don't even know if it's wood chips or if it's cork shreds. Like, I've heard both. I don't know which one it is. And it's changed the way the ball is played compared to the normal turf that everybody sees. It's made it a little bit slower than last year um, as far as ground balls go. It doesn't bounce as high, so it's changed the slapping game a little bit. And then sliding, um, it's been like hit and miss because yesterday it rained prior to the games. And I think that's why there was some incidents on the sliding and stuff like that. It, when it's wet, um, the batting gloves stick on it a little bit more. And so the hands go. <laughs> um, and that's what's happened the last couple of times is like hands go and then it's like face first in the second base. Yes. But, when it's dry, like we've been flying past the bag and it's like, there's been a couple of times where people have slid by and got tagged out that way. So it's really, you just, we're still learning um, about what it's going to do and how it's going to play. But ultimately I love it. I think it's great. I think it looks beautiful um, and the quality of it is great. So there's always wood chips in my shoes after the game, which I don't love, but I mean, it's either wood chips or turf pellets. So pick your poison. Um, But I think it's been great. Obviously I miss playing on like a really nice dirt field. Like I still think Utah softball has the best stadium in the world. I think that is maybe a little biased, but um, it's like the most pristine dirt ever and they take really good care of it. And so I miss so bad taking ground balls on that field. But if I had to choose like, a place to play it'd be this rosemont um facility and you get perfect ground balls like i love defense i love perfect perfect ground balls so that's what i'm um highlighting there for sure i too love defense and that sounds like a dream because mm-hmm. i remember at stanford we our field they like lasered the field flat and did all that stuff after i left of course like of course that's how it works out but at the time you know it was a little bit unpredictable like 100%. Uh, Yeah, so I can definitely, I feel you on that. As like a child growing up, and maybe still a little now, I'm like terrified of a ground ball bouncing up and hitting me in the face. Like it happened to me at Utah, I got a black eye, not cool. We weren't at the Utah softball stadium though, I will say that. Um, But I've always been criticized because I don't feel the ground balls right at me well. 
Um, I remember Coach A and Coach Max, my coaches at Utah, they're like, she can't feel a ground ball right too, or we can't pick her. Um, and they were kind of joking, but also kind of not. <laughs> but um, it, I just always had the little fear in the back of my mind that like this ball is going to bounce up. But later I actually learned that the reason why I'm not good at feeling the one straight onto me is because you can't tell the hops and like right. you are deceived by it a little bit. So I've learned since then, still not great at feeling them right at me, but I've definitely gotten better. So. No, that's interesting. I, I hadn't thought about that for infield, but in outfield, yes, it's like the ones that are hit over your head, straight over your head. Those are the what hardest ones to judge. It makes sense. Yeah. It's the same reason. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. So I've definitely learned my lesson the hard way many, many times. And so I'm trying to learn how to do it better. Well, I feel like you've, you've been, you've been doing just fine in AU so far. You've turned like so many double plays, which I'm like, love this, like on defense, that's so fun. And it's not that common compared to like baseball. Right. So mm -hmm. it's been so fun to watch that. Yeah. Last week I got to play with Anissa Ortez, who was my shortstop at Utah. And that was like our MO, like, that was the thing. Anissa and Hannah up the middle, we're getting double plays. Like, I think my sophomore year, junior year, we set the NCAA record for double plays in a season. I don't know how many, but it was a lot. But I think that's the part of, like, the connection that we had because of our pre-existing relationship. Like, we just read each other's minds. We're like, here's what's going to happen. And I think even Chitty, who was calling behind the plate, Chitty also had in her mind, like, this is what I'm envisioning. And so it was all about, like, almost manifesting it in our heads like this is what we want this is what we want like me and Anissa pride ourselves on our double plays so that was like super awesome so fun to be a part of that with her and everybody was getting crazy about it like they're like this is so cool you guys are so legit and after like doing a couple scrimmages and seeing other teams play and even this week like realizing nobody else has really turned that many double plays in a weekend as me and Nice did so it's like okay I kind of get why like people like us together like we just vibe and we figure out how to make things happen and um turn double plays it's literally like my favorite thing like I'll be standing at second base like come on give me the ball give me the ball like shaking because I'm just like give it to me give it to me give it to me I want to get it out so quick yeah. so that's my favorite part of the double play is being the one to turn it um but I'll take them however they come well, you have such a quick release. Like, that's what's great. But I do, like, have to say, like, some of the puns, like, the flipping puns that have been said, I'm sure you're like, yes, I've get, gotten this my whole life, right? But yeah. I love it. It's like, oh, yeah, just flipping over to second base, right? Like, yeah. unflipping real, like, all these things. So first question is, do you like the puns? Um, I do like the puns. I do. Well, and actually, it's, like, kind of funny. I feel like my whole softball career, like, I was never called flip flipping it was always Hannah or hands like my first name and I don't really know what that was but then I got to the USA team and it was flip and I got to scrapyard and it was flip and now I go by flip for everything so it's kind of funny how like it's evolved and so the puns have like exploded since my college career ended really so it's been kind of fun to see people get creative with it and um, I will say that I have personally used the pun um, I ran for my fifth grade class president and my slogan was you must be tripping if you ain't voting for flipping so play on like i'm all about the rhymes um the other one the other slogan i had that year was uh you'll go bananas if you don't vote for hannah i love the like this is so great this is like phoebe buffet rhyming I, songwriting totally. level here it totally is <laughs>
Oh my God. That's so great. You must be tripping. I'm not over yes. it yet. Sorry. I am tripping no. right now. Hey, I won. I was voted for class president for a reason. <laughs> you are your own best campaign manager. Absolutely. Well, my mom <laughs> might've helped a little bit, but. Well, that's fair. Especially if it was elementary school. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, that's so great. Okay. So that I think I have one of the answers for question number two on this, but what other ones are your favorite or least favorite puns? Um, I think it's funny when people say like, flip, flip, like they want me to flip the ball. Mostly when I'm going towards first base, if I feel the ball from second base, they'll say flip, 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 flip. Like trying to communicate, but it's like flip, flip. I don't Just know. So that, one flips, gets, yeah. that one gets used a lot. Um, or it's like flip, flipping it over to first, like. I don't know. There hasn't be really been any bad ones. Um, they usually just kind of insert my name as another adjective, though. It's like unflipping believable, like use it as an adjective, which yeah. I think is cool, too. But I can't say that there's like one that I don't like. I roll my eyes at all of them. I'm like, oh, another one. Um, <laughs> and it's like, oh, that's so dorky, but it's so perfect, which is great because that's totally me, like so dorky and so it's perfect it's great I'm trying to think of other ones like what's I mean you're you've probably heard them all but like flipping out yep. flipping, flipping someone out, off the I think the most common one used is flipping awesome yeah that's the most common hands down is that was flipping awesome well you know life could be worse than fun positive you know seriously puns that was flipping dumb yeah Good play, Anna. Jeez. <laughs> Right. I actually, I like puns. Like it's like dad joke, yes. like vibe, you know what I mean? Like, and I kind of yes. like them to be honest. So I've enjoyed it, but I wanted to know what you thought. I'm, glad you're enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. I can't complain. Usually when they use a pun, it means that I did something well. And so I'm all about it. True. You're like, okay, this is a great gauge. Yes. 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 <laughs> this is how I determine whether I had a good game or not. Did my name get used in a pun during the game on Twitter or something like that? Exactly. Yeah, we got to start like some actual hashtags here. We got to get yes. that ball rolling. I love that. So that's part one with Flip. She's a wealth of knowledge adding to our game and she's fun too. So that really helps. In part two next week, we'll dig more into her thoughts on her hitting approach, Athletes Unlimited and the larger pro softball landscape, Team USA in the Olympics, Utah softball a little bit more, and growing up with a badass softball mom. So stay tuned for that. But now transitioning to the double play tip of the week. This week's double play tip is about cutoffs and how to be the cutoff person in a relay. So physically, you have to line up. And we know that relays happen when the ball is hit to the outfield and we have to get it in to throw out the base runners or limit extra bases. So I want to talk about when this happens and with who. So for plays at home plate, usually the corners are going to be the cutoff, mainly the first baseman on balls hit to center and right maybe the third baseman for a ball hit to left. For plays at second and third, it's often the middle infield, mainly shortstop on balls from center to left and second base on balls hit to the right side. For anything that's deep in the outfield, in the gap, over their heads, with a play at home, for example, you could have both middle infield and first baseman for a double cut, just a longer distance. So the middle infielder goes out into the green and first base falls in line behind them. And it is usually first base, so that third base can cover third in case there's a play and any base runners come. So that's what a relay looks like. 
But in terms of how to line up, there are a couple ways. So you want to align yourself in a straight line between where the ball actually is, where it landed, and the base that it needs to be thrown to. That's the fastest way for it to travel from the outfield to you as the cutoff to the base. And you can even look back at the target base to help yourself out if you have time as you're lining up. But what you really want to do too is line up your glove on that line versus your actual body itself. Ideally, they'll throw it to your glove side so that when you receive the ball, you can easily and naturally get in position to throw without getting crossed up. And also you can throw your hands up in the air so they have a nice big target to throw at. You also wanna line up your feet to throw. So like any other play, you wanna set your feet towards your target, the direction that you're throwing. So depending on where the base runners are, you could be told to cut the ball and throw it to second or to third or to home. They're just all different angles. And whichever way you're throwing, make sure you move your feet in the right direction. So that front foot is going right towards that target. The other thing is, is you want a quick release. And to help, you can actually start to get your feet in position as you're receiving the ball, almost in one motion. And you keep your feet moving to give you more momentum for your throw that you're going to make too. But you have to make sure you see the ball into your glove. If it's a wild throw, for example, your first priority is to field it cleanly. And mentally, you have to listen. Communication is always one of the most important things, and it only works when you not only talk, but listen. So who exactly are you listening to? Well, the biggest communicator and decision maker on the field is the catcher, especially for plays at the plate, but they do see the whole field as well. If the play is at another base, the person covering that base will talk to you. So whichever infielder is covering at the time. You might also hear coaches yell if they feel really strongly, but at the higher levels, players should really be able to read it. So in terms of what they tell you, there's a few different things. They can actually help you line up in that relay. For example, a third baseman might tell a shortstop left two to get them to move two steps to their left to line up for a play at third base. They'll also tell you whether or not to cut at all. For example, a catcher will literally yell cut, cut, cut on a play at the plate. Or if it's a great throw and they don't need you to cut, there's a play at the plate, they won't say anything. But even when you don't cut, you can actually fake like you're cutting to throw off the base runners too. I even used to hit my glove to simulate the sound of catching a ball and move my feet to get into position to look like I was gonna throw. But the catcher also not saying anything helps sell your fake versus if they were to yell to you, let it go for the base runners to hear. They're also gonna tell you where to throw once you cut. If you're lined up for a play at home, but the way everything unfolds on the field actually creates a play at third, the catcher will yell, cut three, and you'll know exactly where to go. And oftentimes you'll be able to read where the play will be off the bat based on the hit, based on the runner's speed and your teammate's arm strength, and then you can adjust from there. So that's the physical and mental side of being the cutoff. Line up and listen. That's the double play tip of the week. You've been listening to Believe in Softball, available anywhere you get your pods, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, and Believe.com. Share the episodes with your networks and subscribe to the show for more, but also please rate the show and write a review. iPhone users, you can do that on the Apple Podcast app. Really appreciate your feedback and we'll use it to give you even more and better content. Always, you can hit me up on Twitter at JennaBecerra01 and Instagram at JennaBecerra. Thank you for letting us take over your airwaves and catch you soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. 
offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.